Good morning. I'm Jason Heath. I'm one of the pastors here at Kingwood Church. Our lead pastor, Jay, uh, has been out with a surgery, and he's recovering right now. You can find a little bit of update about how he's doing. He's progressing in his recovery. Uh, if you'll go to our Facebook group, KW uh, Community on Facebook, you can find out a little bit of update. Uh, we're giving constant updates there. And Pastor Jay, I know you're watching this morning, and we can't wait till you get back with us, and we've been praying for you. Will you let Pastor Jay know just by clapping for him today? Pastor Jay, we love you, and we've been praying and interceding for you. Father's Day is June the 18th, and that's in two weeks from now. Wow, it seems like it's just like one holiday after another, right? Uh, Father's Day is actually a day that I look forward to. Uh, my daughters get to honor me with the good dad that I am, right, McKay? Right, okay. It's going to be a great day. Hey, invite someone uh, who is a man who has spoken life into you. So whoever that is, invite them to come to church with you uh, that Sunday. We'll be coming back from kids camp uh, that week, and I'm going to encourage those kids to invite that special guy in their life who has spoken life into them. So invite somebody on June uh, the 18th. Behind me, there is a QR code. Uh, that you can scan, and that's going to tell you the top three things that we have going on here at Kingwood Church. We just try to make it easy for you to stay connected without us having to say three or four things before we get into the Word. If you'll scan that, it'll take you to our website, and we update those weekly. Uh, it'll let you know the most important things that's coming up here at Kingwood. Father's Day is one of those that is on uh, that list. Well, come on. Are y'all ready to get into the Word today? This is our summer series. And it's on the book of Hebrews, and the theme of that book is this, Jesus is better. Can you just say that with me this morning? Say, Jesus is better. That's the theme of the book of Hebrews. Jesus is better. And as, as Jordan was leading that song, that very last song, there is power in the name of Jesus. How many believe that today? That there's power in his name, and when you speak that name over your life, you invoke a power that you do not naturally have. It's a power that in your own self you do not possess. That is the name of Jesus. Come on, I'm going to lift that name up over my life. Amen? I was praying this morning as I was preparing for uh, this message, and I was, I was really trying to get it into my spirit, man, and I began to pray in the spirit. And uh, as I was praying in the Spirit, I had text to talk on. And so this is what text to talk recorded this morning. I don't think Siri got the interpretation for sure. But here's, here's what Siri recorded today as I was praying in the Spirit. It says, call my Lala. I don't even have a Lala. And Laura and Yama-san. It says, call Koala Bear in Helena <laughs> and make sure you don't have rabies. <laughs> it says this, it says, call Robert on speakerphone and call Michael Salar Wakusa. Make sure the Lord is head of the town. So I'm not sure what Siri got this morning, but she definitely didn't get the interpretation today. Jesus is better, amen? How many can attest to that? Just raise your hand in here. Jesus is better. You know, I've, I've tried some crazy things in life, but I can tell you, for my own life, 
I've experienced this, that Jesus is better. It's why I stand here today preaching the Word of God because I've found out of all of the things that I've, I've tried in my entire life that Jesus is better. And that's what the author of Hebrews is trying to get across to us today. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. And it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven, Think carefully about this Jesus, whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. For he was faithful to God, who appointed him just as Moses served faithfully when he was entrusted with God's entire house. But Jesus deserves far more glory than Jesus. Come on, say, come on, than Moses. Come on, say that with me. Jesus is better. You know, the author of Hebrews is trying to get us to understand that. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. He's, he's seated at the Father today, and he's interceding for you and for me. He's interceding for those things going on in, in your life. And the author of Hebrews is saying, look, Moses, even though he did a lot of good stuff, he gave us the law, and a lot of our judicial law is written off the law of Moses. Moses did a lot of good things, but he is not seated at the right hand of the Father. Moses is not interceding for you today, but Jesus is seated next to God. He's going, God, come on, Jason's got this. I know he does some dumb things in his life, but, but God, he's got it. I, I believe in him. My blood is enough. My blood justifies him. Jason's going to make it. Come on, I know he doesn't understand right now, but we got to help him out just a little bit, and that's Jesus seated at the right hand. Jesus is better. At the end of the day, Moses was just a man. You know this, it's called the law of Moses. This is the basis of, of our faith, the law of Moses. But do you know Moses himself couldn't even live up to the law that he wrote? You see, when you follow Moses, you die and don't make it to the promised land. But when you follow Jesus, Jesus gives you life and eternal life. Jesus gives you life here and now. He gives you hope here and now. And if you cling to Jesus, come on, there is a power. There is a supernatural anointing that comes upon your life because Jesus is the name that's above every name. Amen. You see, Moses was frustrated at the task that God had given him. Moses grew up in Pharaoh's palace as one of Pharaoh's own children. And Moses had been spoken to by God early on in his life. And he said that, that he was going to be a deliverer. God told him, you're going to deliver my people. And he, he, he noticed that the Hebrews were being mistreated as slaves in Egypt. That's Moses' people. And he, he sees an Egyptian picking on a Hebrew. And so what Moses thinks, okay, I'm the deliverer. I'm going to go deliver God's people. And he kills an Egyptian, and he buries him in the sand. And so this is Moses' early plan. I guess I'll just kill all the Egyptians one by one and try to hide all of their bodies. I'm the deliverer, right? Moses is frustrated at this point. God, you've called me to deliver these people. You've called me to this great thing, and I'm, I'm frustrated. Anybody ever been frustrated before with things going on in your life, things going on and around you? This isn't working out the way I thought it would be. You ever said, this isn't fair? You ever made that statement? Maybe you've had a sickness and you're not delivered from it. God, it's not fair. Maybe you're waiting on things to change. Lord, it's, it's not fair. 
You know, when my kids were little, they uh, would wash dishes at my asking them. Come on, how many know kids don't just go to the sink and start washing dishes? And they would go, Dad, I didn't dirty this dish. This is not mine. It's not fair that I got to clean it up. And I would go, you know what? It wasn't fair when I had to clean your dirty diaper either. I didn't make that mess. <laughs> Come on, sometimes we got to go through things in life that's not fair. But I can assure you today that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, that he sent his Holy Spirit to comfort you, to keep you, to hold you, to secure you, to stand beside you because he is better. Come on, Jesus is better. Anybody ever gotten your eyes off of Jesus? Come on, that path is wide, isn't it? To the left and to the right, and the Lord encourages, hey, stay on the straight and narrow, but that, that natural man on the inside of you, it, it will lead you astray, right? It'll deceive you. The world will give you so many excuses, too. And the author of Hebrews is, is speaking to the Jewish cultural identity, saying, look, I know that your identity, your cultural identity is in Moses, but what I'm trying to tell you is that Jesus is better. And isn't that always the case is that the world will try to give you an identity? The world will try to speak an identity over your life that is opposite than the name of Jesus? Come on, the world is trying hard, and there are so many labels that will define you. And our kids today, guys, they are struggling with this label, with, with labels. They feel like they have to identify with this camp or with that camp. Come on, I'm woke. I'm gay, I'm a lesbian, I'm trans. There's, there's so much pressure on our kids to find out. And this is not a new tactic of the enemy to try to deceive people and trick them into finding identity other than Jesus. Come on, just a, a few years ago it was I'm emo and kids would come with black fingernails and, and black hair and dark makeup and they would dress in all black. I'm emo, that's my identity, that's who I found in the 90s, it was grunge or I'm alternative, and you would say that, and you would wear earrings, and you would get your nose pierced, and you would pierce every part of your body. Come on, I'm, I'm alternative. Come on, the 80s had it easy. They were Rainbow Bright and G.I. Joe. <laughs> or maybe they were punk and footloose. <laughs> and then in the 60s, it was like, I'm a hippie. Come on, there's so many things that the world will try to label you with and say, this is who you are. But let me remind you that what Philippians chapter 2 verse 8 says, it said, and in being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, this is talking about Jesus, and became obedient unto death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the high place and gave him the name that is above every name. Guys, you do not have to describe an identity over your life as long as you have the name of Jesus as the identity over your life. You're going to be okay. You don't have to choose. The only thing that God says is choose the name of Jesus. Choose that Jesus is better and everything else falls into place. Lord, I don't know. I'm scared right now. I'm struggling in this world. He just says, look, Jesus is better. Let that name be above every name in your life. The Father gave him 
the name above every name. You know, I, I love when Jesus says this about his life. He says, I am that I am. I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says that the word of God is alive. Come on, this word is living and active. It's powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting both soul and spirit between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. I was talking about that with a group of guys that I work out with, and we do a Bible study afterwards this week, and this guy was saying, man, I'm struggling with this, and I'm struggling with that. I'm, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. And he goes, but you know what? I have nobody else to blame but me. It's my own desire. I said, yeah, but come on. The name of Jesus is above every name. The name of Jesus can take those desires and if you'll submit to the authority of God over your life, come on, the left and the right fade away, and the path is straight and narrow. Amen? I'm going to, I've had the guys put this on the screen this morning. I'm going to read it to you, and I want you to think about that, this truth this week. A lie that you believe as if it were true will affect you as if it were true. Even though it's a lie, it will still affect you as if it were true, if you believe it. Question for you today, what lie are you believing about yourself? What lie are you believing that the world's told you? What lie have you prescribed yourself to that is a lie that you're believing as truth? What about this one? How many of you are afraid to get in the ocean? by show of hands. How many of you afraid of the ocean? Like swimming pool, it's fine. I can see the bottom. It's eight feet deep. I know it's eight feet deep. But the ocean is deep. It's murky. It's got seaweed. It's got little bitty fish that swim around in it. And it's got sharks, right? I'm not getting in water that where something can eat you. <laughs> when Corey and I first married, we went to the beach, and Corey would not even put her feet in ocean water. You know why? Who's seen the movie Jaws? Right? The trauma from Jaws changed a generation. <laughs> no longer will we go swimming in the ocean, right? <laughs> if we do, it's like five feet. Like, I got to be able to get back, right? <laughs> Can I tell you this? Here's, here's a true study done by the University of Florida this past year. In 2022, worldwide, only 108 people were attacked by sharks. Somebody said, well, that's enough for me. <laughs> but in the drop of billions of people, Come on, that's not even a fraction of a percent. Like, they don't even register on a calculator. But we're scared to get in the water because we believe that if we do, we're going to be attacked by sharks, right? What is that lie for you? Maybe it's a lie that I'll never be successful financially. 
Maybe it's that this is just the way I am. I have this habit. I've tried to break it. I'm never going to be able to break it. And so you've bought into the lie of the enemy that this is just who I am. Maybe it's a spiritual lie that you've been told or it's an identity crisis that you're going through. Maybe it's a relationship lie or it's mental. I'm depressed and I'm always going to be depressed in my life. Maybe it's a physical lie or maybe it's a prideful lie. Maybe it's that you believe yourself to be better. What is that lie today that you've prescribed yourself to that places that lie above the name of Jesus? Because I'm here to tell you today that the name of Jesus can break every chain. Number one, you have to challenge wrong thoughts. If Jesus is going to be better, then we've got to exercise his power and challenge wrong thoughts. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Amen. you got to capture that thought. There was a great song in the 80s, and it's a Christian song. It says, give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks because of what Jesus Christ has done. Now let the weak say, I am. Let the poor say, I am. Well, isn't that opposite of what they are? Come on, let the weak say, I am. Let the poor say, I am. Come on, you are poor, but you're provoking or invoking the name of God over your life. Jesus said, I am that I am. Let the weak say, I am strong because he is strong. Let the poor say, I am. So I was thinking about that, and I shared that with my daughter, McKay, when she was about five years old. And I said, McKay, you've got to invoke the name of God over your life. Though your situation may look opposite of what you want it to, or it may look opposite of what God promises, you still got to preach the word of God to yourself. And you got to say, this is who I am. And so I'm teaching that to her. And she says, dad, she said, can I get an icy? I said, Lord, I'm trying to Teach this deep truth to this child, and she wants an icy. I said, no, sweetie, we're going to eat supper here in a little bit. I don't want you to get all that sugar in you. We're going to go home and eat supper. She says, I am going to get an icy. (laughs) I said, okay, you just invoke the name of God over your situation. Let's go get you an icy, baby. (laughs) And we went inside and bought her an icy. (laughs) Manipulated by a child. (laughs) Come on, he is the I am. In whatever situation you find yourself in, Jesus is better. I'm an addict. No, you're not. Capture that thought right now. You're not an addict. I am not good enough. Come on, you are able. I am able. I am sick. Don't say that over your life. Say, I am healed. I am weak. No, say, I'm strong. I'm a loser. No, I'm a child of the Most High. Make it obedient to Jesus. 
I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I am an overcomer. Not by my power, but by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimony. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says this, Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, everybody point towards your head, think about those things. But isn't it hard when you find yourself in the middle of life and you're, you're living it out and you're faced with the reality that's in front of you? It's hard to take those thoughts captive and replace them with the thoughts of the Lord. Amen. But Jesus is better, right? Number two, you've got to release the right words. Anybody ever release the wrong words? Man, I have lived at times with a foot in my mouth. Anybody ever do that? Come on, that, that's, that's not a good meal, is it? <laughs> like snacking on your feet, your, your dirty feet, because you've said something that you shouldn't? Man, I found myself in that situation one time at a funeral. <clears throat> and as I was speaking at this guy's funeral, I did not know him very well. He was a friend of mine's grandfather, and I was real young in ministry, about 20 years ago, and it was one of my first funerals. We had just started using computers rather than just writing stuff down. That was a tough transition to start using computers to type up documents. And, and I used my computer for my funeral message. I said, I'm going to do this. Instead of just writing my notes out, I'm going to be sharp and have my computer do it. But anybody ever found the autocorrect function? And the autocorrect function gets you in trouble? Yeah. I got a text last night and said, I can't tolerate him. <laughs> and it wasn't meant to be that way. <laughs> it was an autocorrect. Come on, autocorrect will get you in trouble. And as I was preaching this funeral, I start out, and I'm, I'm, man, I'm just giving the word out. And people are amening, and like that, I just see, like I'm going, this is a funeral, but people are with me. And then all of a sudden, like people aren't with me, and they're talking to each other. And they're whispering to one another, and I'm going, I've said something wrong. Like I have dug a hole here. I get to the end of the service, and I ask the guy that was doing the funeral with me, I said, dude, what did I say? He goes, man, his name is Frank, not Hank. <laughs> Autocorrect got me, right? And I look back at my notes, and I had typed Frank, and then all of a sudden it changed to Hank, and then from then on out it was Hank, the rest of the message. I called Pastor Mark, and I said, Mark, you're not going to believe what I did, man. I have put my foot in my mouth. So I go to the limousine where the family's at, and I'm apologetic. I've still got to do the graveside at this point. And I said, guys, I am so sorry. And his wife goes, for what? His name's Frank, not Hank. And I went, oh, God. How am I going to step out of my vehicle at the funeral, So on, uh, at the graveside? So on the way there, the lady calls me. And uh, I think I'm about to get chewed out, or she's going to say, you know what? We've thought this through. We don't want you to preach. Some of you are taking notes right now. You're going, don't let Pastor Jason do my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> She says, Frank could remember nobody's name. 
And the pastor at his funeral called him Hank. <laughs> I said, thank you, Lord. Oh, my God. Woo! <laughs> Come on, if that won't make you dance. <laughs> his name's Frank, not Hank. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death. Come on, speak life. Jesus is better. It means to release, means to let loose, let go of, to liberate, to publish, to circulate, to make law, to make to make right, release the right words over your life. Devil, you're not going to win today. I know who I am. Come on, let that sink in for just a minute. I know who I am. I know that Jesus' name is better. I don't have to prescribe to, the, to what the world is telling me my identity has to be. I don't have to prescribe to any other name but the name of Jesus. Come on, let the name of Jesus be lifted high over your life. Jesus is better. <clears throat> Psalms 19 verse 14 says this, May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock, and my Redeemer. The third and final thing that I would challenge you to do this morning, if you want Jesus lifted high over your life, you've got to confront some things in order to win. Come on, don't just settle for status quo. You've got to confront some things in your life. And Jesus will forgive you of any sin that you commit. It's called the grace of God. I'm just thankful for that. <clears throat> but at the same time, Jesus did not die to give you permission to do anything that you wanted to do. So if Jesus died to liberate you from sin, then why in the world would I use that to get deeper in bondage. If the Holy Spirit of God, when you get saved, comes to live on the inside of you, and He is leading and directing your life, then I can promise you the Spirit of God is not saying to you, you know what? Jesus is going to forgive you. Just go deeper in debt. Just go deeper in sin. Just dig that hole a little bit deeper. You need to be in as much bondage as you can. Come on, it's actually the opposite. Jesus came to set you free. Jesus came to liberate you. Jesus came to free you from sin. What is the lie that you're clinging to today that you're believing as truth that God came to deliver you from? You got to confront some things in order to win. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 29, it says this To this end, I labor, struggle with all his energy, which so powerfully works within me. Come on, you got to confront some things today. 
You've got to allow the power of God to work on the inside of you. Come on, right now, the Lord is beginning to speak to some people in this room. He's speaking to you who are watching online today, and he's saying, you've got to confront this in your life. Now is the time that this ends. Jesus' name is better. I am greater. I've got to be Lord of your life. I want to be the identity that's in your life today. I want to liberate you. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says this. It says, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. How many have found that to be true? There's grace to help me when I need it most. And some of you are saying, well, I need it right now. Well, we're going to have some time for that in just a moment. Our prayer team, at the end of the song that we're about to sing, they're going to come down. And we're going to have an opportunity to, to intercede with you, to believe the name of Jesus is better in your life. If you're watching online as we close, our prayer team is going to be online, and they're going to pray with you today. All you have to do is drop your prayer request in the comments on Facebook or on YouTube, and our prayer team will be faithful to intercede with you today. I'm going to leave you with this one last passage of Scripture. It's found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. It says, But one thing I do, I forget what's behind me, and I strain towards what's ahead. I press towards the prize, the goal, to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Okay, so you've messed up. Okay, so you've made a mistake. Okay, so you find yourself in the middle of a mess right now and you're miserable. Come on, Jesus is better. Jesus is better. And his power will meet you right here today and free you. He does not want you to stay the same, but he wants you to change and have his identity as the name over your life. Amen. This morning, we're going to sing this song. And as we do, if you'll stand today. We're going to go before the Lord. We're going to spend some time today. I want you to ask yourself this question. And let the Lord really speak to you on this. What is the lie that you believe is truth? What is the lie that you believe is truth? Because Jesus is better.